0: If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy this message. I am so honored and blessed to introduce to you uh, just such a beautiful woman of God, uh, one that has touched my heart deeply, one that I believe in with all my heart, one that I'm passionate to partner with, and that is the amazing Elizabeth Time Folk, and uh, I'll let her share a little bit about what she's doing, but I want you to know that uh, even in the next two days, Monday and Tuesday, we're going to be doing videotaping of uh creating things for the International Young Prophets that will impact prophets worldwide. And what an honor uh, to partner together with this amazing woman of God. So just welcome her with all the love of giving life. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. First of all, I just want to thank Dr. Melody and Pastor Stephen so much for having me. Um, I, I really feel like the the church my message will will back up what I'm saying now is I feel like the church here is a prototype for what God's going to do through our nation. It's going to be a house that is safe, not just physically, but safe spiritually for people, for the harvest that's about to come in. So um, I really felt like that was the word. It was a prototype. So what you guys have formed here. Um, So thank you guys so much. And then I wanted to introduce my friend Brad Herman here. He's a friend that um, I met years ago. Now he works in Shippingsburg at Destiny Image. So he drove all the way here. So you guys come by and say hi to him afterwards. Um, So before I do share a little bit about my books, I wanted to share um, two things that I saw before I get into my message. But one of the things I saw, I saw someone with um, the needed healing in their their joints and I saw the Lord healing you like you had to receive the healing and so let's pray really quick and I'll share the second one also Lord we pray for those that have joint problems that are need healing they're in pain Lord even even during the season during when it's cold their joints hurt even more and Lord we release that healing we release that healing to go throughout their body in Jesus name um, the other thing I saw was I saw a young man um, that I don't know if he was a prodigal I think we're getting to the days where we're not just praying for prodigals people just don't even know what church is anymore so we need to pray and so I would love right now like I feel like people that have people in their family that needs to be saved I feel such an anointing for soul winning right now so if you have someone in your family or you have a prodigal I see this young guy he's gonna come home I don't know if. It's a grandson, or I totally can, I don't know, I totally can see him. as a Caucasian young man, and um, I feel like it, it's like the love of God, what I'm going to share today, the love of God is going to bring him home. I, sit, I saw him turning and just coming to Jesus. So Lord, we, we pray for our family members. We pray for people we work with. God, we, we will release the love of God to go and get a hold of them. It's a the goodness of God that draws men to him, and Lord, we release the goodness of God. Lord, into our families, into our loved ones, Lord, that they would turn. This is a season of turning for salvation. Lord, we decree that out, Lord, into our families in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bring them home, Holy Ghost. Okay, so a couple of things I wanted to share um, books really quick is um, I usually get product that I like to sell product that will equip people. I love equipping, I think it's so necessary in the body to mature the saints for the work. So, one of the things I loved, okay, I'm like a little bit of a skeptical. so just FYI, I'm very cognitive. So, but I, I remember reading, I picked up this book because I think everybody just decrees out stuff, faith, bring, do, and I was like, Lord, is that stuff really real? Like, I'm just being honest. I'm, you know, very cognitive. So, so I picked up this book by Patricia King called Decree, and I started going through these books during my prayer time and decreeing stuff out. And then in the middle of that, I felt like the Lord said, you write your decrees, you know, like that's normal probably for people, but I'm just saying I need a little extra help. So I started writing out like I have pages of decrees. I started writing decrees out to um, over my family, over things I want to see, you know, establish in the body, different things. I started seeing, bam, those things starting to come past soon. I started decree. I'm not telling within weeks my decrees. If you went through my decree book now, so many things have come to pass. So I believe that even for your families to write out decrees, um, go back there. King, Patricia King, this is probably one of my favorite ones on decrees. Um, that'll help you get started and doing your own. You can, I started reciting some of those for different topics that she had and then the making of a prophet I love this I told Jennifer I said please let me sell your book but um Jennifer LeClaire if you feel called to be a prophetic voice or a prophet what incredible I wish I had this 15 years ago 20 years ago um I'm old now I was young then so so I wish that the making of a prophet I knew back then this is incredible book one of my friends actually just bought it for me and she said wow this is so good um So if you are called to prophetic ministry, a great book to get back there. Um, Also, um, this other one, we have a couple other products, but the last one I want to share about is this book that we did, did. Actually, Patricia King put this together, and it is different authors. I was one of the authors in here, and I wrote on the family because when we hear about the seven mountains, you sometimes hear that the religion mountain is the main mountain. I don't believe that. And she didn't either. We believe that everything starts with the family and ends with the family. And so I wrote on um, talking about the importance of fathering and um, how it affects our society and kind of the statistics on that. Um, And a little extra thing is I do a lot of partnering with Christ for the Nations, the Bible School in Dallas. I do a lot with them. So I have, if you buy any of the product, you can get their latest album for free. So it's a $15 thing. You get free with buying any of our product back there. So awesome. And then, okay, so I want to tell you guys a little bit before I start, and there's a clock up there. Okay, so before I start, International Young Prophets that I lead, I actually serve it. We're uh, Apostolic Ministry, the Serves Office of the Prophet. And so what we did was year, years ago, I used to do a thing called the Elisha Company, which is joining generations of leaders. So I called, feel called to leaders. And so we would have young business leaders in our city in Dallas and... When I lived there, we had, you know, just different young leaders. And so um, the Lord, I ha- and then I planted one in South Texas. And then I had, for two other cities, we were going to plant him in. And all it is is young leaders in the city would come together. And older leaders would pour into them that really had, like, a global view. And so we actually had um, an incredible, incredible time of, like, people felt like people, I I mean, we had people that were like mega church pastors that would come in and talk to 70 young leaders or 20 young leaders, whatever it was that month. And um, for them, they felt so like they were pouring into the next generation, but we felt like, wow, we actually get to ask them real questions in a setting of leadership. So God really blessed us doing that. And then he told me to shut it down. And I was like, are you okay with me? Shut? Like I was processing all the work I'd done all those years. And so then I called my, um, people that were my leadership and they said, ah, well, if the Lord's speaking to you go, f- you need to shut it down. So, um, then after that, the Lord started speaking to me about through some different conversations. Um, you know, I want you to gather young prophets and I'm like, you want me to gather young prophets, like, I'm thinking some of the ones, you know, I'd met some really great ones, but sometimes prophetic people, like, I'm just saying, I'm being honest with you guys, sometimes I was, like, being cognitive builder type of person, um, sometimes prophetic prophetic people challenge us, so, um, I'm a prophetic person, so I guess I challenge myself. But um, so I believe that one of the things is God is really going to bring back to the prophetic movement such integrity. And I believe that you remember in um, in Second Kings when it talks about um, they were looking for someone to have a word. And he says, hey, even the guy, they said to a king, even the guy, the servant said, even the guy here, Elisha's here, they used to pour the water on the hands of Elijah. I think we're going to get back in the body where we're trusted again in the prophetic movement. We're not going to be flaky people that are all over the place. And, um, we're going to have like, we're going to have character and integrity and those type of things. So I feel like God really asked me to do it. And I'm kind of like a little weak for the Lord. Like I telling Dr. Melody last night, I was talking to her. I said, you know, the Lord tricked me. He like made me fall in love with him. And then he gets to ask me to do anything for him. And I have to say yes, because you're in love when you're in love. You do crazy crazy, wild things. So, so when the Lord asked me to do this, I said, yes, of course. Um, and so we, I said, okay, you know, like they say as a leader, if you want, if, if you're going and no one is following you, you're just taking a walk. So I called 20 of my young friends that I knew there were prophets that I traveled and met them on the road. And I called them and I said, okay, I have this crazy idea do you guys want to meet in Washington, D.C.? I want my friend's church and we'll like sit around and talk about what God's doing in the earth and all that. And they were like, yes, yes, yes. Nobody said no. So I was like, okay, this might be the Lord. So then I was talking to Sharon Stone and she called me. She's like, Elizabeth, I'm going to fly in from England. I want to be part of it. I was like, "Uh, okay. Well, I'm in, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm just gathering. And then Jennifer LeClaire says to me, she said, Elizabeth, there's nobody else in the USA that are gathering young prophets that we know of. If there is someone, we just don't know of them. So she flew up for a day to be with us just to hear. And so we had these 20 young prophets that gathered and Harold, were you there? Where's Harold? Were you at that one? Oh, okay. So, um, and then, so we sat around for like a day and a half and we talked about what God's doing. We wrote on, you know, like, and put, and I think what, I think what Sharon had said to me the first night, she said, Elizabeth, I've been in so many young prophets gatherings or prophets gatherings and she said i've never seen where people are so humble and so open because we had different streams and they didn't know each other so like to like one of the aspects of what we do for international young prophets is we we say the body is what we're going for we have different streams that come in and we celebrate every one of them because everyone is so brings something different to the body i mean to our body so um so when they got in there so sharon was so impressed with that and i I was just like oh okay because i didn't know any different. I don't know any different. So um, everyone has become friends with each other. They've all kept in touch. And so then um, I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, do you want us to form this? So I'm just telling you this because I feel like God's going to give people ideas, whether it's businesses or different things. And it may not be a shout. It may be a whisper that you keep walking doing more and more and more, and so I champion people to say, go for it, like, you only have one life, like, just go for your dream, so, so after that, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what, what is it that you would, you know, do you want me to form something and build, because I love building, I love building, so, um, and he, I wouldn't hear, I went on this fast, I wouldn't hear him, it was like, I'm like, maybe it's not the Lord. Then I went down to a meeting with Apostle Jane and I know she's been here. She's actually my pastor, her and her, Apostle Tom. And so um, she pro- she said, Elizabeth, don't tell me what you're doing. I'm going to prophesy to you. So she got on, and I i had already just that week. I said, Lord, I'm not hearing from you. Maybe it's not the Lord. Maybe this isn't what you have for me in this season. And um, so she gets up, and she says, the Lord says, and she starts going into Elijah and Elisha, and she said, you're going to build an organization. And I'm sitting there going really Lord I have been toiling I've been on a fast and so but we realized later that God was giving her buy-in into it because later he asked me to ask her to be the apostle over it. So, um, and of course she said, yes. And, um, so right now we're building our whole organization. We have 19 nations and 18 States from the U S and we just celebrated actually yesterday our anniversary. So, um, so God's doing it. We, we are building something that the picture I saw is I saw young prophets on different, like spiritually speaking on different mountains and they were decreeing the word of the Lord, what God intended for that nation in their nation. And so, um, so all I'm doing is it almost seems easy if that makes sense, it seems so easy to gather. Like I literally have backup of people I need to call to invite them to be part of our organization, which we don't accept everyone. Cause we have tons of people that are gift of the, pro- like they can prophesy, but they're not office of the prophet. So they can't be part. So we, we push, we're like, you have to be integritous. You have to like, those are things that are valuable to us. You have to walk in love. You- we do not allow gossiping and talking about each other in our ministry. That is a non-negotiable, um, we also say um, they have to be highly recommended by somebody in the body. Like I know he works with Larry Sparks, like Patricia King, like that's somebody. So we're in core relationship. So Larry's part of our ministry. Now Larry's sending us people. Um, so we do everything very relational, like Malik invited through Harold. And so Harold's part of our International Young Prophet. So it's just such an amazing work that God's doing in the earth because we just said yes. So I feel like God's going to release part of it is he's going to release. Like d- ideas and different things to you guys, and just say yes and keep walking forward. So, anyway, awesome and share about that. So, um, what I what I feel like God really wanted me to share here, and this is a decree. It's not even like I'm not going to preach. It's more of a teaching, um, and it's really to partner with what God wants to do on, on the in the earth. Because as a prophet, like we have to. We're not just preaching messages. We're living the message and we're saying, how do we pull what God's doing in the earth it wants to do in the earth down? And so with um, for months and months and months since last year, we were saying that there's gonna be this great harvest of souls that are about to come in. So everybody's like, Yeah, great harvest of soul. But the church has to prepare for it. And as prophets, we need to release how we need to prepare for it to people to help us all be equipped to love people really well, it's coming in because I don't know about you, but sometimes, I'm just being honest, I'm part of the church, so I'm part of the problem maybe, I'm part of the solution, I'd like to be part of the solution, um, that we sometimes, we're mean people sometimes, I mean you guys, I heard y'all aren't mean, I heard y'all are really love people and stuff, so I'm not talking about you guys, I'm talking about others, where we're. I'm part of that work being worked on, but um, but I feel like sometimes that we really need to walk in the love of God for this harvest that's coming in. And, and, if, and I always say, God, start with me because there's some areas like like one night I was cranky. I was cranky that whole day, and I had to call. I think that that day, I'm just being honest to you guys. One day, I think I was like, man, am I cranky? And I just called Dr. Miller. I'm like, I'm so sorry if I was cranky today. So, and she, you know, she's so sweet. So, but I'm just saying, like, we just like to even, like, initially say that, say, hey, how can the love of God be deeper in me? How can I walk in love? And I'm not saying we shouldn't have cranky days. We're just people. But to even correct ourselves and go back to someone and say, hey, I'm sorry if I sounded you know, um, unloving to you and unChrist-like. So I believe right now, and I know sometimes people look at love as weakness, but it's actually the strongest thing. And so I want to break down. A little bit of what I feel like to bringing the harvest soul, what the church needs to look like. So, um, so like for the last some years, I've been seeing this trend in the church where people have become way too opinionated. Facebook is a great place to see that to to back me up. So people are way too opinionated, and they're church folks. So I'm sorry, I'm not. I love the body of Christ, and I think anyone that speaks against the body, I think it's totally wrong. But we do need to take care of our own stuff. Because when we were growing up, my parents would sit around and we would have family meetings and we're like, what's going on with everybody? Is everybody okay? You know, and we talk about problems going on and we go, how do we fix it? So that's what I'm doing. I'm sitting with my family here talking about how do we fix and how do we prepare for the greatest harvest of souls. So sometimes we end up judging people because of things we've heard and we said and we put these judgments on people that it's so wrong it's like we haven't even sat down at the table to eat with them or to to talk about their heart i'm totally ringing so um we haven't even sat down to talk about and see what's going on and we've already judged them and so last year i started i said god like Why is it like I feel like sometimes I don't want to be in the church and I'm being honest with you guys. I'm a preacher. I should want to be in the church. But God says, well, why don't you change it, Elizabeth, instead of don't complain. Like I'm not a complainer, but don't complain to me if you're not willing to be the solution to it. So I said, "Okay, how do I walk in love that will affect people all around me, whether in the church or in the secular arena? So I started studying um, the, acu- the word accuser of the brethren last year. And so I said, Lord, what is the accuser of the brethren? You don't really hear that those terminologies. When I was younger, I would hear those terminologies, but we don't really hear it. So I started studying through, and here's what an accuser is. Accuser is seeking. Now, let's think about like when we're talking about people or that kind of stuff. An accuser is seeking to influence men by bringing false charges against, them, against someone with the view of weakening their influence to someone else that's what accuser they're laying a charge or a violation of which one is guilty demanding their punishment do you know like we get into laws when we do that it's kind of like you say you did the crime so you need to do that and so when we start accusing people we are saying you've done something to me and I demand punishment for you so I'm going to tell someone else so someone else, how they view you will be weakened the same Greek word, you guys, the same Greek word for accuser that's in Revelation 12.10 that says accuser of the brethren has been tossed down, when you see that, it's the same word, and I'm going to read this passage because this was rocking me when I was studying this, but... Um, in, uh, is the same Greek word for accuser and accuser of the brethren? Is the same word in John 8 when um, Jesus was talking to the adulterous woman. And so when Jesus was talking, I, I, I have to read this, okay? I love the Bible. It says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Adani appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. Teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery in the law Moses commanded us to stone such women now what do you say they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him but Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground finger when they kept on questioning him he straightened up I love Jesus just rocks and said to them let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard him be- began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until Jesus was left. With the woman still standing there, Jesus strained up and asked her, Woman, where are there? Has no one condemned you? So when they use the word condemned, has no one condemned you? It's the same word acu- that is accuser of the brethren. So men, we can take on things. These are people that are like part of the religious system they are accusing this woman and willing to stone her to go after her that same word has anyone that accused you the accuser of the brethren so when you tie those together I'm like you know sometimes we act like the devil to people I mean we've uh, I'm just being honest we need we need a baptism of the love of God in our lives in my life starting with me like Lord I don't want to accuse my brother or listen to people doing that. And so I've made as part of our ministry, if I hear someone talking or gossiping about someone, I will shut them down. We need to learn to shut people down again and say, Hey, wait a second. You have, you talked to that person yet? I'm not saying be mean to them, but like, say, have you talked to that person? Don't, allow them, because what you do is, especially as prophetic generation or prophets, instead of having the voice of God and championing the voice of God, we have now taken on the voice of the accuser of the brethren, and we're funneling that through our voice, and so we're empowering it, because the devil doesn't have power unless we empower him. And so when the accuser comes in and we do that, we are actually, did you see that there is a group out there? So when someone starts accusing, they always, they never can do just really by themselves they try to gather voices around them they say okay hey this person did this to me let's go against him and they always try to rally it together i love this my friend stacy campbell says this the strength of the prophet is their sensitivity but the weakness of the prophet is their sensitivity so we need to be careful when we're offended that we when you're sensitive you've ever been around a real sensitive person you know, good Lord, help us all. But um, a real sensitive person, they wear their feelings. They, If they get mad, they're passionately mad. And they will go out telling everyone. Unless you learn the self-control and that fruit of the Spirit, um, especially as prophets. Like I have to, these are things we talk about. You know, like as prophets... Our strength is our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and moving and prophesying and all that stuff. And we have a whole prophetic generation that is sensitive. They're very opinionated, but we have to teach them, hey, you need to have self-control in what comes out of your mouth. You know, like... I don't want to hear all your opinions about why you don't like the president. I'm going to ask you, did you pray for him? Like, I'm so the wrong person, please. No one complain to me because I'm like so the wrong. I'll turn everything around. And so, so I, you know, it's very interesting. Even when I was comparing about what we do today, if we gather, if we're mad at someone, we gather all these voices around. You remember in that when they tried to do that continuously, tried to, pull Jesus, try to do that. I, I just think that there's, there's got to be a generation that raises up. And I was talking to Dr. Melody about this, you know, that is just not, we're not just saying, hey, we need to learn the gifts of the Spirit. Like, obviously, we need to operate in the gifts of the Spirit for out there. But the fruits of the Spirit are who we are, and they represent who Christ is in us. So, so, like, we have a whole generation. I don't know the last time I've heard somebody preach on the fruits of the Spirit, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, it's probably over a decade. Like, you don't hear that. But we have a whole generation that's raised up that we need to be taught the fruits of the Spirit and how to walk in them. Because especially, we're not even really getting in the Word. We worship there's like a whole worship generation, which is amazing, but we can't forget the word of God because songs should be written from the word. You know, when you prophesy, it should be filtered with the word. Like almost any word that God gives me, I have so much scripture to back it up because that's how God, he rolls that way, you know? And so, and so we, we as prophets need to mirror jesus and jesus is all the fruits of the spirit and so if we don't learn how to operate like that we will never have the heart of god operating in us and i personally believe that that god is going to raise up a whole generation but we need to like be taught you know how to love each other well because we go oh we love god well that's awesome I want everyone to love God. But loving your brother well represents your love for God. It is a reflection of it. So so here, here's, here's my solution to the greatest harvest coming in. It's John 13, 34 says, A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, Jesus didn't say... If you perform miracles, they'll know you belong to me. He didn't even say, if you teach my word, they'll know you belong to me. He didn't even say, if you speak in tongues, you belong to me. He said, if you have love, one for another. And I'm telling you, I'm around a lot of A-type people, a lot. And so to some of them that are striving, they have the strive on them. They don't, they don't really have that encounter of knowing God as Father. They look at love as weakness. And love is not weakness, because he, I, don't, I don't fully understand why they feel like love is weakness, because it is the lowest, but it's the highest, if that makes sense. And so, um, and I love that Jesus didn't say, if you love me, people will know. But he says, if you love one another, and what a higher thing to have to die to self, you know, you become so much like Christ. So, so here's what a definition in the um, the Bible is of love. It's the act of caring and giving to someone else, having someone's best interests and well being as a priority in your life. To truly love is a very selfless act. Now, this is just a basic definition of. Um, It's a profound, tender, passionate affection for another person. A feeling of a warm personal attachment or deep affection. And I'm going to say, this is what the Bible now says. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. So when you dishonor someone, you are not in the love of God. It does, it is not self-seeking. It's all, it, it's not easily angered. God's working on all of us. It's, or me, um, it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, it, but rejoices with the truth. And I think sometimes people think like lovey, lovey dovey people to teach on love, like it doesn't it's not truth. But love is actually found in truth. Yes. Because if you love me, you'll correct me. So love is actually found in truth. It always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Where but where there's prophecies, prophecies will cease. Where there's tongues, they will be stilled, and where there's knowledge, it will pass away. But love will never fail. Like for ever we're going to have love and Galatians 5 23 says but the fruit of the spirit which is this is what I was getting to but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace forbearance which is also called patience um, which I never pray for but um, kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control I'm just kidding, but we all need to pray for the fruits of the Spirit. But I want to tell you, one of the words I want to emphasize here is the word forbearance, which is patience. It says, in law, the act of refraining from exercising a legal right, especially enforcing the payment of debt. So what we do is when somebody, you ever had somebody really wrong you? I got, I got like a list. So when somebody really wrongs you, well, we, in our hearts, um, we, we want justice, in our hearts. I mean, who doesn't? You know? Unless you produce the fruit of forbearance where you release them from the punishment yes. of what they have done to you that is a fruit of the spirit and i am like we need a good teaching on forbearance because sometimes we go you're going to pay i'm going to talk to people about you and what you do is you walk out of the fruits of the spirit when you have not get released them and walked in the fruits of the spirit yourself by the fruit of forbearance. So I just really like that. I'm actually going to do a little more studying on that because we have got to release people from all the pain they've caused us and not hold on to it because it's actually affecting us because we're not walking in the fruits, fruit of the Spirit. So here's what the fruit of the spirit broken down is. The fruit is what you produce, but of the spirit means you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to produce any of this. So when you need love, I'm not talking about like man love. We go, oh, we love each other. If you ask anybody, everybody thinks they love well. I don't know anybody, nobody has ever walked up to me and been like, you know, I don't really love well, I don't even blah 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 blah, whatever, most people think they love well, but here's the deal, loving well is when someone comes up to you and they do something to you and it is horrible they do to you and they affect whether it's your family or whoever it is you, um, you need to be powered by the Holy Spirit to have forbearance with them and so we need to go to the Lord, the same thing, it's like, if you lack wisdom, ask of God and it'll be given to you, like if I I say that to the lord lord i 'm lacking wisdom in this. I need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to have wisdom, and so with the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit means that to have love for people, have joy inside of us, to have peace for merits, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to to walk in the fruits of the spirit so love and the love that that 's talking in the fruit in Galatians five is agape love it 's a perfect, unconditional love of God, and so that type of love is not the feeling like, oh, I love you, blah, 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 blah. It's a choice love. And like, there's sometimes I have to choice well there are a lot of times I have to choice love with people and tell them you know it those are people that have hurt me and I decide to go higher above that and be enabled by the Holy Spirit to 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 look at people through love um, I'm still working on that everyone yes it's that'll be a lifelong one for me so when we reflect the agape love to our brother that's caused causes pain or injustice we God is seeing us reflect his character who he is through the fruits. The fruits of the spirit are the character of God. He is love. He is joy. He's peace. He is pa- he is patient with us. I'm just saying. Um, he's very kind to us. He's good to us. He's faithful to us. He's gentle to us. And he he holds back. And I just love that God loves us that much. He agape loves us. And so um, here are some verses that will help, because I love the Bible, that will help with the agape type love, which is not a feelings love. It's a choice love that God has that he wants us to walk in. Luke six thirty five says, love your enemies, agape your enemies, do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get back. Any type of love that's outside of that is not agape love, the one that the fruit of the spirit enabling power of God to walk in. Because when when to us, somebody says, love your enemies, whatever, you know, like that's our natural soulish answer. But when you say, God, empower me to love my enemies. And he just didn't say, love your enemies. He says, then do good to them. And then lend to them without even expecting back. That's like a souped up agape love that is, you have to get so out of yourself to do that. Because there's some people I'm like, help me Jesus, I do need the empowerment of the spirit. But John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. Greater, there's no greater agape, um, That that's that same word in there. When Jesus laid down, it was a perfect, unconditional love that he laid down his life for us. So 1 John 3, 11 says, For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should agape one another. So when we have, we are empowered by the Spirit to to walk in love that we will have that type we can have that type of love to one for another can you imagine a church a unsaved group of people coming into church where we agape love each other where we're saying you know what they watch someone do something to you and you walk in love they don't understand that type of love because that's a perfect God love they will say I want to be part of what you're doing that's where the harvest starts people are going to start choosing because they see something different than all the fighting in the world than all the Facebook posts in the world all those things and they and they just want I think people are searching they're you know they're looking like are christians really real or are they just like us then they see us fighting each other on facebook and oh they're just like us why would i go to church so we've got to change some things um and here's some soulish type of love like because i i really like to teach people like what's the difference like what would look like soulish types of love and um this one i you know, I, I've been studying on this one too, is the political spirit that's in church. And here we want to point our fingers, but here's what you can see if you're under the influence of a political spirit. All right, say say that one person over here, you have it's well, it's you and then your friend, and then there are a group of people that doesn't like your friend so you try to save face with those people by not even really telling them your friend or they talk about your friend you don't even defend them you're under a spirit a political spirit because what's happening is a political spirit is one that feeds off the approval of men we see it in dc it's like we just say what everybody wants to say they don't have to follow through but they end up saying to you um Hey, whatever you need, I'll just, they need your approval so they can get your vote. And what people do is we throw each other under the bus in church. I'm telling y'all, if I ever hear anyone talk about Dr. Melody or Pastor Steven, I am like an Italian mafia person. I will bring out things. that That's the type of thing. Can you imagine? Nobody would ever, if people knew that, they would never talk about them to me. And so if we shut people down from talking about people, they're not going to throw, we're going to learn to love really well, and people are going to come in the church. I have a friend that... um, that um during the election they have a mega church and um they told me that during the election they lost like 500 people during the elections because it's a very diverse church and um and like that devastated because they're pastors they love their people and they were like we don't know what's going on like you know um you know the blacks are saying that because the whites in here are voting for trump like i don't even get all that like i'm just like vote for whoever you feel like God's telling you to vote for, but, um, or they follow the things that you value the most. And so then you had some in the church, whites are in the church has said, because so many blacks in the church were Democrats, they didn't like what the Democrats and people left the church. You cannot. And they said to me, they were, we like, they were like really broken over it. They're like, we thought everyone loved each other in our church. And I said, what happened is they loved through word. So I said, you There needs to be a teaching in the body on walking in love again. And, I, you know, when you say that to people sometimes, which they were really received it, but when you say that, people are like, oh, love. Everybody, like, it's so, like, weak. Like, why would we talk about love? But love, when you start talking about agape-type love, I told them this. I said... That when people chose how they felt over and a political thing over their feeling of um, laying down your life because remember a copy type love lays down their life for their brother so if somebody who cares if somebody voted for someone different i still lay down my life for you and that's more important than who you vote for you know and so so we need a baptism of the love of god for our brothers and sisters and i believe that that really is the way that god's gonna um, really start bringing the heart when we start with because he always deals with the house of God first. I'm just telling y'all. So this is, I really feel like this is a prophetic word. You're going to start hearing more prophets talk about the love of God because it has to come into the house before God brings in the harvest. If not, he's going to keep them out in stadiums and crusades uh, and have somebody else do it. But we want to fill the house of God and disciple people really well and, and love really well. And um, in... You know, so I I really want to decree out some things on the love of God. And, like, like all of us individually would start just saying, God, you know, what are the areas of my life that I don't walk in love? I'm still walking. There's still things I have to... I'm not saying that any of us are ever going to be perfect. But I think God loves when he sees people walking towards that. And he is, um, you know, he's saying that I want... This agape love to just overflow. And so I think we're going to start seeing people walking into the church just randomly, the churches that are walking in the love of God. And some of them may be mega churches, some may be smaller. It doesn't matter. It's just where the love of God's going to draw because God cares about those souls more than we care about them. And so he's going to start changing. So um, my greatest aim personally, my greatest aim is that I would walk in the fruits of it. I love prophecy. I think prophecy is the heart of God prophecy um one of the things I value about it 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 always shows the love of God and some of the mean prophets I'm so sorry for any mean if you've ever had a mean prophet in your life um I'm so sorry for that because that is not the heart of God because you know you know Preachers preach, but prophets are the message, and so if they have some kind of pain, they prophesy through that, or they don't understand the Father's love for his people, they um, do that. And so I'm so sorry if any prophet has ever hurt you or said, prophesied out of... not the love of God because I do believe that tough messages because I kind of feel like this is a little bit of tough message but it's not really it's just saying hey let's look out for this and watch our hearts watch over our hearts diligently because out of it flows everything and so as a prophet or prophetic generation make sure that we are not the voice of the accuser but we're the voice of God and we're trumpeting the heart and love for God is the goodness of God that draws people to him and so when we prophesy we're prophesying what his heart for people and so i really really have a problem god's working on me but i really have a problem prophets that prophesy mean things all the time and i i don't know anywhere in scripture where somebody's just called to be um the dictator of what they think God's saying and do that. And does it mean that person's bad? No, but they probably need to be healed. Um, but I also will never give them my platform at all um, because I want people to know that God's good and he's a good father and he loves him really well. He doesn't want them staying junk, but he loves him really well to call them out of that and he'll do it in a loving way. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for um, letting me share. And I believe you guys are going to see, um, like I said, I really feel like this is a prototype church of what God's going to do with the love of God and the lack of um, there will not be allowed a accusing voice or gossiping voice in houses of God. We are going to shut people down to do that and really say, hey, we are a house of love and we don't do that here. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you... We thank you for this prophetic message that you want the love of God to be in our hearts and to lead us in the fruits of the Spirit, God. We pray, Lord, that we would walk in the fruits of the Spirit, that all men would be drawn to us because they see God in us. They see the character of Christ in us. And Lord, that we would lead many souls to you. Lord, that this would be the greatest harvest of souls coming in, in our time, Lord, that Lord, that no one would be lost. And Lord, they would all come to you. Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name.